Welcome to the J Train Podcast. J Train, Jared Free, coming to you live from Hollywood. That's right, Hollywood, California. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener. That's how this whole thing works. It's a user-generated podcast. You, you listen, you laugh, you love, you cry, you send in your emails, we answer, I bring on great guests. That's how this whole thing works. It's because of you, the listener, and you tell a friend that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are so good about that, but I want to encourage you. Keep telling a friend, a coworker, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa, anyone with ears will take the earless community as well. Anyone that would love this podcast, because right now you're getting something out of this podcast and you, and we're all hard on ourselves. We're like, well, no one else will like it. No one else knows these things but me. Everyone needs a podcast to take their brain, put it on the shelf and let someone else take the wheel. That's what I, your buddy the J train is here at the driver's seat. You sit back and you just listen to the radio. That's right. Every Monday, J train podcast at gmail.com. Keep sending your emails. We need some screenshot emails, people. So if you're dealing with a screenshot situation, J train podcast at gmail.com, send it in. Um, I'm on the road, people. If you're listening right now, I'm going to be in Miami, Florida, Hartford, Connecticut, San Francisco, California, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Omaha, Salt Lake City, Kansas City, Missouri. That has just been added. Denver, Columbus, Newark, Providence, Nashville, Dayton, Albany, jaredfree.com, jaredfree.com for those tickies. And, And listen, people, the Patreon is out there. You know it. If you don't, if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Five bucks a month gets you three extra podcasts a week. And everyone on there, I, I have a good retention rate. People stay. When they when they try it, it's like the ice cream shot a shop. I give you a little taste and you go, Yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get the full cone. So people, people, people get involved with that. I'm very excited. Today's guest. Um in, in, in uh, returning to the J Train podcast, it's been a while, but I'm so excited to have them. Uh, just one of my favorite comics. So the, the 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 special is on Paramount Plus right now. It's called Imperfect Messenger. So hilarious. Roy Wood Jr., thank you for coming on. What's going on, man? How you feeling, brother? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. I and I'm I the special is amazing. I'm I'm such a fan. The Leonardo DiCaprio bit is like <laughs> fucking insane. Everyone needs to go watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you Thanks, get a lot man. of feedback that... on the, do, do you hear from a lot of people do, do you know you're on the daily show people if you don't know Roy Wood Jr. you, you know you're 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 in the public eye. have you heard from Leo D's people no but I have heard from people that are in his inner circle that okay. have seen it and say that oh we're gonna send it to Leo but I don't know what's come of that yet um that's why i'm very picky about when you like name drop people in a special because it's Mm -hmm. gonna fucking get back to him there's a black actor i won't say his name because it's not my liberty to tell his business but yeah he has a fucking file sent i've heard he has a file sent to him every morning of everything that is said about him online and media and all of that type of it's shit. so, so crazy just, you say this because i had an interaction last night where someone i was on a show and someone was like i googled you made fun of me 
and like and i was like um i don't think i did but i'll go google it myself and i was like yeah i made one joke you know i i was ball busting a little bit and it's like you know and, and it's like i understand that like listen who hasn't Googled themselves? I'm sure you've done yeah. it. But then you go, yeah. you do have this moment where you go, this isn't healthy. We should stop doing this. I, I've always said, though, Last Comic Standing really helped me with that. When I did Last Comic Standing, I did season seven mm-hmm. in 2010. And this was the beginning. It's hard to think of this because it was 12 years ago. But this was essentially the early days of live tweeting. This concept. Mm-hmm of actively interacting with the audience of the show that is on, like for the, yeah. the performers on the show, that was new. So we would follow the hashtag and it would be people saying the most horrible shit about you. <laughs> and, uh, now in there, there's funny and people, oh, I sure. think he's funny, I'm gonna vote for Roy this week. But also in there is, fuck that guy. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. funny. So you spend, eight straight weeks reading that every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then three hours later when the West Coast feed runs, it kind of galvanizes you. (laughs) You know, the only thing that I really take seriously is death threats and like spastic messages that don't really have a cohesive thought. Because those are the people that you're like, this could be scatterbrain. Yeah, yeah, like that. It, this is not. And, this and, is not. Yeah. I mean, I have the belief that you do have to digest it. Any negative stuff, like we get more positive than negative. I get more positive than negative. Like I, 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 I think that's because I do so much internet stuff, and on the internet you find your people, and then for the most part you don't get outside of your stream and then every now and again you do and you'll get a negative thing and then you see it you feel badly and so i get more positive than negative but it's you do have to it goes through you and it doesn't feel great but i enjoy some of the critiques some of the critiques are fair they're very fair points and counterpoints that's why i love reddit like i respect reddit over any other social media site when it comes to discourse really a topic or an issue even more so than facebook because my fuckers on reddit ain't charged up they're not i can't explain it but facebook is like the schoolyard flagpole where reddit is a proper in-class debate okay like they're still I... crazy they're still porn and like reddit mm-hmm. is still a wild place but within the threads within the conversations that are happening on a topic I, that's where i go to research jokes to see what people already think about it that's so that I can figure out what angle of attack, you know, I'm going to have on something. But, you know, I just know that if you mention a celeb, I guarantee you it got back to them. Whether they care or not is one thing. Like I mentioned Oprah and Ava DuVernay in my first special and that got back to them. And did, that was a did, positive. It was a, in mean, a good way. I was speaking did, about them in a positive light. But How do you find out about Oprah? Like Ava du- well, through DuVernay Ava, that, through her. Well, I, I, I met Ava in New Orleans at Essence Music Festival. I'm friends with a cast member on Queen Sugar, which is, you know, Ava's show on OWN. Mm-hmm. And, hey, man, Ava over here eating some gumbo. You should come over here and say hello. She like your company. And then went over there, and then she, like, it was like, a, you know, it was 
quick handshake. I mean, they were sure. like at a party of 20. You know how you walk up to a table, it's 20 motherfuckers eating, and you're not <laughs> at that table. It feels yeah. weird after a minute or two. So the conversation lasted about that long. But she was like, yeah, we watched it. It was funny. And I passed it around to my friend, to my, my circle. You know, that's what black women say. I passed it around my circle. So you know. That, I mean, that's, but that's the coolest feeling in the world. Like I, Oprah, you know, like it's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've never met Oprah. I was there the day that, uh, she came by the daily show mm -hmm. to do the daily show. But you know, it, it's, you know, all eyes on Trevor, you know, at yeah, that point, they, but they, yeah, that was cool, but I'm not really. I'm not really a celebrity on the scene kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I so think I as a comic, like you, can't, you can't, you want to watch from the outside and talk a little shit. I want to reserve the right to talk shit if I need to talk shit. And I don't want that polluted by our friendship. Yeah. Or me wanting to be included in whatever it is, is going on with the in crowd. Well, I mean, that's kind of, it's, it's funny. Like when you see stand up comics, you know, that get, very political and you go when you know if you become a fan of of anything you're you're kind of bad in the comedy world like you know it's like how do you have that fun angle if you already come in yeah. with your pre-existing you know team so to speak even though listen you can be liberal and also a comic but at the same time sometimes people go down that road and they're like all politics and you're now cheering for whatever team I, with the exception of the Chicago Cubs, I'm very clandestine of the people and the things that I like. Mm. Just so I, because because the Cubs, I got fucked over because the owner of the Cubs is a major Trump supporter. Tom Ricketts mm -hmm. is a major Trump. He's like donates like they had a fundraiser at Wrigley. Like he hosts events I for Trump. Like he fucking caters and shit, fucking Wrigleyville dogs. <laughs> like in, but that was like, there was that. And then like people who know me, know me, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan. And when I started criticizing when all the Kaepernick shit was going on, well, you still watch it. So shut the fuck up. So you they use it against you to a degree. Yeah. And when the truth is every single owner is, pretty much a piece of shit except for that old dude that owns the detroit tigers he's a pretty nice benevolent guy i don't know rosa parks funeral the guy that owns little caesars it, he's like like on some old school white ally back when it wasn't popular to be a white ally <laughs> he was like a really good dude the original yeah. uh, leonardo dicaprio <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean there's like the yeah yeah that guy um, oh, I'm not gonna pronounce that last name. Mike Illich. Mike I Illich. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Illich. Illich. Yeah, Little Caesars founder in Detroit. Tigers owner. He paid Rosa Parks rent for a long ass time. That was the story. So, I just don't. I don't know, man. I've I've never been one of the cool kids. Mm -hmm. I've always been adjacent. Neil Brennan sent me this really good article about how everything is high school and the social constructs in which we exist. I, I hate that I can't find the author or remember the author of this blog, but entertainment is for sure like high school. And so much oh. of what your social tendencies were in high school 
they follow you into adulthood to a degree. College is an opportunity to reprogram and reset mm -hmm. yourself and be something totally different. But once you're out of college, it's fucking who you are is who you are from That's a personality it. standpoint. And so I've never been the cool kid. I've never been the nerd. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just kind of the guy just kind of off to the side, you know, like that I'm like the basket of bread. <laughs> you know, everybody's happy to see me, but I'm not why you showed up and I'm not the main entree, but you'll don't you think that's me, main? But... That's most that's most comics, though. Like, I, I think that's like a very comedian angle where yeah, you're like that is and, and comics do feel they're on the outside. But hold on. I want to get to your podcast. Everyone needs to go follow Roy at Roy Wood Jr. on Instagram. Roy's job fair. Explain it. Give me because I love giving people a new podcast and I love that people can add it to their Rolodex. They can add it to their, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm a podcast listener. So when I run out of my week stuff, I go, how do I not have another podcast <laughs> when there's seven billion podcasts? Explain Roy's job fair so people can go get subscribed. Dude, your podcast gives life advice. My podcast is where people call in and share crazy stories from their job, stuff they've stole, scams they've run, bad jobs, bad bosses. But also there's an enrichment part where we talk with people in industries that are currently hiring people who've pivoted in wild ways into whatever they're doing now and found their happiness through their employment and not just trying to find happiness while working. So we try to have a little bit of... It's seventy percent fun and jokes and mm -hmm. shooting the shit, but that other thirty percent is legit and meaningful stuff, you know. And we just tried to find a little bit of a balance about a year ago, about a year and a half ago, when unemployment really started skyrocketing during the mm -hmm. shutdown. And so many people. I had a homeboy, he was a, a lobbyist for the cannabis industry down south, and his job was just weed, like that's mm -hmm. marijuana. That's what he did. He tried to get it legalized. And then the shutdown happened. He couldn't take anybody to fucking dinner to schmooze him. And he became a gospel singer. He's Come working on. on his third album. Come yeah. on. So it's like, <laughs> it's like well, I, I so did say to the I did say when the pandemic started, and I remember this I remember this when the financial, you know, oh seven, when when Bear Stearns and all that stuff went away, like all these people started going towards comedy. Cause it was like, what's it worth anymore? The pandemic is like another moment like that to me where it's like, you know, people's dreams began the day, you know, we all got locked in our yes. houses because they were like, I got time. I got uh, I got this extra. I don't have to go to work anymore or I can stay in or my job's gone and I got to figure something out or th th that's a moment for a lot of people. Yeah, it's like, fuck it. What else is that? May as well give it a shot. And there a lot of people gave it a shot and they're fucking doing a damn thing. And we talk to motherfuckers like that every week. I you love know, that. Sometimes Go we get celebs in there. But for the most part, you know, I'm, you know, my, my background, you know, I'm old school terrestrial radio guy for 12 years. So listen, I've, I, like I remember that well day. from when you came on the first time. I was like, I, you know, we, I, we know each other in passing, but I was like, man, Roy knows how to do a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's fun just talking to regular people because then that's when you realize that you're not that different oh you know I mean, in the world like bro we had a dude like it's just shit you would have never thought about at a job that just you go oh yeah that probably has to be a thing if you are a postman 
Hmm. You have to deliver certified letters, no matter the location, including a crack house. So it, a crack house is a legal yeah. address. Mm -hmm. This envelope is legally addressed to a dwelling. Yes. Walk your ass up there and knock on that door and interrupt that crack smoking. And you talked to a post, uh, postal worker who talked had to done a, that? He walked us through it. He walked us through it. Like what it's like delivering packages. We talked we talk to two post office guys so far. And one of them was talking about what it was like delivering packages to dummy addresses where you knew no one lived in that house. And you knew what it was in that box was probably dope or pills See, or some shit. It's so but interesting. Your job is to deliver the package. It, it's so interesting because when I think of like the mailman. You think of like Mayberry, like that's how I think of it. You know, like, hey, Mister Man, you know, you know, like you don't think of like that other little segment of the job that is the movie script that you never thought of. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's so much of how entertainment has shaped what we think about employment and what we think work is. So because of that, I feel like. It's an op, the, the, you know, the, the job fair podcast. Like, it's just a chance to just learn about quirky, I, weird shit. Like, the way, like, we have this segment called Scam of the Week where it's just how do things get stolen and how, what are the workarounds? What are the slick ways? Like, we had a guy that worked at a car lot. His job was to clean the cars that were sold. Like, when they, when you buy a car yeah. and they send it to the vacuum fucker in the service department. Sure. Vacuum fucker is supposed to go across the street and gas up your car too, so you leave the lot with a full tank. Well, that means he's got the gas car the whole fucking day. Yeah, and he can just fucking sell tanks of gas at half price. So it's just these God. fascinating yeah. little, little tiny ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, some of this shit is super felonious, but other shit, it's like, oh no, it's pretty fucking cool. We had a guy worked at. Um, it, yeah, I'll protect you legally too. We had a guy that worked at a retail store that said they will let you steal whatever you want without mm. objection until you cross um, Grand Theft Retail. Like whatever the dollar threshold is for that state, you essentially could just so until it's a felony, until it's felony level shoplifting, they just let you go. It's not worth the trouble because you're going to keep coming it back. To you're going to get out of jail. Yeah, you're not going to get put in jail. Well, it's like that's like their version of breakage. They even they've worked it into the accounting. You Correct. know, they yeah. Correct. I, so everyone's got to go check out Roy's Job Fair. Uh, anywhere you get podcasts, literally pause this right now. Roy's Job Fair, subscribe. It's there waiting for you. I always say this with a podcast. It should just be there waiting for you for the if and when. You're gonna be in a. You're gonna be on a plane. You're gonna go. I got nothing. I've listened to all my podcasts this week. Now you got Roy's Job Fair, and then. Uh, RoyWoodJr.com, all the dates, the Daily Show, Imperfect Messengers on Paramount Plus. Are you ready to answer some emails, Roy? Man, let's answer some emails. Let's, let's do it. it. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. Mom's negative views, please help. Jared, thank you so much for your amazing podcast and all the insight you've given me over the years. You're the best. I'm wondering if you can please help me with a dilemma I've encountered. I've been dating my boyfriend officially for 10 months and unofficially for a year. Uh, and a half. We did long distance for eight months during the non-official time. I l really love my boyfriend. He is kind and considerate, and I do think our relationship is very healthy compared to others I've had in the past. However, there are some issues. He hasn't told me he loves me yet. 
I haven't said it either, though. I'm not on any of his social medias, but he doesn't post often. And he says he hasn't thought about us moving. He said he hasn't thought about us moving in together, though he did once say drunkenly that I should sell my condo and move in with him. Recently, my mom has expressed that she thinks he isn't serious about our relationship. He isn't factoring me into his future, and he seems immature. She came to this conclusion when he told her he might be buying a house with his brother, and he thinks I should invest in a rental property. I should tell you that I'm 32, he's 30, and I was in a seven-year relationship that ended because he wouldn't take the step to move in together, and my boyfriend was in a 10-year relationship before me. I take my mom's opinion very seriously, and it has been eating away at me. Do you think I should talk to him about it and tell him what she said, or do you think it will just ruin his relationship with my mom and not end end anywhere constructive? Thank you, uh, if you read this on the podcast, daughter of a meddler. Roy Wood Jr., what do you think? She shell shock from a long term. He shell shock from a long term. So he's going to want to take it slow, but she wants something more definitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, woman, biological clock. So she doesn't have the same time to wait as him. Um, you know, last time I was on the podcast, man, I was like trying to abstain from like giving direct, here's what you should do. Because sure. I don't want you to fucking hate me if I fuck up your life. But something to consider is what your time is worth. And if you're feeling that now, address it with him. Everything that you're saying, there's nothing to be said until she has a conversation with him about those qualms. And then see where you're at on the other side of the conversation. I would not let your... You have to be careful of third-party opinions Mm -hmm. about your relationship because those people are all biased towards you. I totally agree with you. You said a couple interesting things. So her mom is going to want her to have happiness. And if her daughter is exuding any form of unhappiness and it's attached to him, the mom isn't going to have nuance. And no, she, I mean, you said something very important. It, it, this nature of men to kind of slow things down because they don't want to get into something that could end up, being bad down the road and this nature of women to go, Hey, I want to, let's, let's get into this so I can see if it works out. So I can see if this is the right thing. Like, you know, she's pulling in, he's pushing away at the same time because she's talking about life stuff, moving in and stuff like that. And he's talking about buying a place with his brother as an investment property. Like those are two different, you know, um, things that are happening at the same time. I do think another thing you said is this third party thing. Like all she has to suss out because she wrote a few things. She said, he hasn't told me he loves me. I'm not on any of his socials and he hasn't thought about us moving in together. Were these problems that you had before your mom said she didn't think he was ready or were these problems that you're now like having now that you're looking at the relationship because your mom doesn't like it. This is that third party thing. Yeah. I'm, I don't know the, the whole, he doesn't talk about me on social media thing. That's hard because mm-hmm. a lot of everyone views social media differently. Also, she just said he doesn't post often. So maybe he's not a social exhibitionist like that. Some people are, 
like they that's their thing and maybe that's just not his thing i wouldn't interpret that as an act of intention in terms of the whole state of the relationship how important is the is your family's input on your relationships not very not very not very see i come the, from like the, the other side of the spectrum to me i'm like i need them to be so jazzed up that we're all you know dancing in the end zone when this becomes official and i know that i i think that a family's level of give a fuck about your relationship is directly proportionate to how close that family is as a unit collectively because totally it's right. shared happiness it's on some avatar tying up your dreadlocks together type shit and so <laughs> everybody is i'm happy you're happy let's lock dreadlocks yeah whereas if you're from a family that's very much you do your th what's going on with her uh y'all good uh anyway but i'll uh, see you later but yeah. that's my family is closer to that uh-huh you know than, no, but you with, nailed like, it because my never, family is in the dreadlock world you know like, i've never had a member of my family say when are we gonna meet her we've got to meet who it's just whoever you're dating like they merge like and it's the same with my cousin like when my cousin got married we didn't even know he had proposed like when we found out he was engaged <laughs> we didn't even know he was planning to propose and no one yeah. asked him so when are you gonna fucking propose sure. nobody did that so well that I goes back to the third party thing that you said then third party people are biased you know they go you know that always happens someone goes well he, he split the tab on a first date and then someone goes well, me and Ronald split the tab and we've been married for 80 years. And you go, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with my feelings. You've got to be careful about allowing other people's beliefs and how they date and not letting that pollute, you know, what you really feel. I mean, we all want our parents' approval, especially daughter to mother, the same way sure. son to father, like you want. I you want the attaboy. But mm. <laughs> to me, what they need to do, I, I don't think the answer is, hey, my mom thinks you're immature. That's passing the buck. I don't think, bring up the mom with this no, guy. Don't the, fucking bring up anything the mom no. said in the conversation with him. No, the mom is not. A, the, the mom is the magnifying glass on the relationship. Now you have to decide. I think this person needs to decide how important these things are to them. And the biggest mistake they're making, and I'll read you a line from their email, is... Um, I really love my boyfriend. He's kind and considerate. I do think the relationship is very healthy compared to others I've had in the past. Things are different now. She says, I'm 32, he's 30, and you were in a seven-year relationship. The idea that you can compare the relationship you had at 24 and the timing of things to the relationship you have at 32 and how things, you know, you're 32, you want to move in. You want life to move on. So if those things are your feelings if it's not your mom and it's not your mom saying you haven't moved in yet if it is a real feeling for you you need to go to this person and go hey i've been thinking about wanting to move in with you how do you feel about that what are your thoughts on moving in i, I and you have to reveal you can't wait for this person just because the timing is better than the last person correct 
The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Endeavor Athletics. If your workout clothes still consist of your ex-boyfriend's basketball shorts and a sweatshirt from a college you didn't even attend, it's time to upgrade. Stop letting ill-fitting athletic gear get in the way of being your best. Endeavor's small batch craft athletic apparel is made to move with you. I love this gear. I have the sweatshirt. The crew neck sweatshirt, and I have the um, the the joggers. I love them. They they're made just they hug your body, and I and I and you look good. And when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you work out better, and you're more excited to go to the gym or go get some coffee. Like they're good. They that's the thing. the The joggers are like coffee wear, but also workout wear. Like you can go and feel good about leaving the house in them. And and they look great, and they what that what I like is that they have an they on the on the um, the the bottom. Sometimes joggers will zip on the outside, inside of the ankle zipper, which I love. It's not like flailing out on the side; it's inside. The crew neck sweatshirt they sent me is made of NASA space certified technology, worn by the Trizar crew. The print on the inside is made of the same material that is on the outside of the spaceships, designed to reflect heat from the craft as it flies through the atmosphere. So by putting the print on the inside, it reflects heat back to your body to keep you warm. I have the crew neck. I've worn it out when I go work out on the rom-com field and it's freezing. It keeps me warm. It's great. With years of research and performance testing behind each design, every garment Endeavor makes is guaranteed to exceed all performance expectations. I'm wearing the crew neck in the video I did on Luxury Lounge um, with that came out on February 10th. So if you want to go to my Instagram, you can see it. It's a great fitting uh, crew. And as a JTrain listener, you can save 15% off at checkout using code JTrain at EndeavorAthletic.com. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R, athletic.com. Promo code JTrain for 15% out at checkout. That's great. Endeavor, you don't give up when the reps get hard and your performance gear shouldn't either. The JTrain is brought to you by Upstart. You've got dreams? No, not the one about being eaten by your cafeteria lunch lady. You've got goals, aspirations. You're going to make it happen in 2022. But starting something new can be stalled by high interest loans and credit card debt. That's why Upstart is here, to help make your dreams come true with personal loans that help you pay off your existing debt quickly. Here's the thing. I don't know if Upstart can help you. You don't know if it can help you. I don't know, you know, right now, if you have debt, this is a simple math equation. Equation. You have debt, you're paying a certain rate. The Upstart rate might be lower than the current rate you're paying with all the debt that's out there. So combine all that debt into one rate and now you're saving money. It's like uh, finding a $20 bill in your pocket. Over a mil- So I don't know if it's gonna help you, but there are over a million people who have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's models consider factors that you're, like your income and employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. And Upstart lets you check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes with loans ranging from $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So that, that, this is, to me is simple. Let's, let's take a look. You don't affect your, your credit score. 
In five minutes, you can know if Upstart can help you. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash JTrain. That's upstart.com slash JTrain. Don't forget to use my URL to let them know I sent you. Here's the fine print. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash JTrain. JTrain Podcast at gmail.com. JTrain Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Roy Wood Jr. Roy's Job Fair. Go, go, go. Great podcast. Okay. You know how long I've been doing stand-up comedy, bro? How long? I can look in your room, and I think I know what hotel you're at. (laughs) Guess it. I mean, I'll be out of here by then. No one's coming to my... Give me two guesses. Two guesses. Guess one is the Lowe's. Wrong. Guess two is the W. Right. <laughs> the fucking leather carpeted fridge is the weirdest it, fucking it, thing to yes me. it is right here yeah 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 if you're watching the, <laughs> it's the video such a hollywood fucking it is thing. so hollywood hollywood you ever you ever watch amateur porn and recognize the motel they're in? And you're like, ah, oh, shit, I've done that gig. <laughs> so you've been doing it longer than me. I mean, there are you've done the road. You know this whole thing, bro. I do. Back in my road comic days, and you would be watching porn, and you'd recognize the fucking quilt. And then look at the quilt. You're like, oh, God, I'm actively staying in this hotel chain. I wonder if this was the room. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, the, 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 there's an L.A. look here that, like, I don't come here often. But, you know, the thing I do love about L.A. are the L.A. dive bars. They all look very hairband 80s. And something about that makes me want to have another drink. That red Guitars light. on the wall. Yeah. It's too much wood. It's way too much wood. A lot of wood. It's just. Yeah. And it's like a car bumper from like a 67 Chevy, <laughs> but the headlights still work on the bumper. It's like, what the fuck is this on the wall? Why, why was this necessary? Uh, <laughs> why, who was like, we got to change the light in the car bumper on the wall? <laughs> J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. How to deal with having different love languages. Okay. Do you believe in the love language thing? Yes, I do. I believe in how you receive love versus how you show love and acts of service. There's five gifts. Dearest J Train, acts of service. Feather, feather. I've been dating my boyfriend for almost a year and I truly love him to bits, but we have different ways of showing our affection. I like hugs and cute moments and kisses on the cheek and cuddling after a long day with some back scratches. The thing is he does this stuff. I just, the, the thing is he does this stuff. I just have to ask him first. I know he's happy to do it, but the fact that I have to ask makes me feel like a bother. He also doesn't verbally reassure me ever and hasn't said, I love you in his own words. Of course I care about you. If I, didn't i wouldn't be with you 
which is fair. <laughs> That's not exactly the most romantic thing in the world. I, which is fair, I suppose. I've been scared to tell him I love him out of fear he might not say it back, even though I know he does and I do feel loved. I am physical touch, words of affirmation, and he has access service quality time. How do I navigate this issue with a man who hardly knows what to do with his own emotions? He has, he's an amazing boyfriend, so I feel like a bitch for being so picky. Is the problem me or him or both? Roy Wood, what do you think? It's no problem. It's just communicating. Either you do it or you don't. And then after that, then you know whether or not you got a problem. This is easy, man. Yeah. Communicate your needs. And either he'll meet your needs or he won't. And and that's the thing. She has to say, I love you. You got to, you feel it. And I think people think I love you is a two-way street. I think it's a one-way street. You love him. That must be revealed or it's going to rot inside of you in, until you reveal it. Don't you think? Yeah, but if she needs to hear it back or yearns for that, then saying it creates a emotional inequity, which could also make her feel stupid. So I get the hesitancy there, but if it's if you need physical touch, then you know, express that and then hopefully over time he figures it out and is able to just provide that without yeah, you asking. I Cause I, I get the not wanting to ask because then it feels like insincere sincerity but it still has to be done somehow i think what she has to be okay with is you can be in an argument with your significant other that doesn't end the relationship correct like the i think we if you say i love you and you don't get an i love you back that's not the end that's not where you guys you know that is now we have to have a different talk you know, the mm-hmm. idea that he says to you, of course I care about you. If I didn't, I wouldn't be with you. That's like the, of course, you know, like it's, that's just a very plain, unromantic, not yeah. really feeling, you know, you're avoiding the subject entirely if you say things that way. Like, what else would I be doing? Yeah, he he has to kind of be walked to the water on this mm. one. So welcome to the water. If you drink, stay together. If not, then you have to start reassessing. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Roy Wood Jr. Go follow at Roy Wood Jr. on Instagram. Okay, let's do this one. I have the worst timing ever. Jared. Okay. I've only been listening to your podcast for a few months, but I've been binging it and all the advice is so helpful. Here's my problem in one line. Men, or at least the man I date, the men I date don't realize my worth until after we break up. I'm a 33-year-old woman living in Los Angeles. Two previous relationships ended because the guy couldn't commit. But after I'd moved on, both of them came back and told me they didn't realize how perfect I was until I was no longer in their lives. This includes an ex who is now 34 years old, who I was with for a few years. We had been on the road to marriage, but he said he needed more time to be single and date around before settling down. A few months after that very painful breakup, he asked to get back together because he realized there was nobody else better suited for him than me. I didn't get back together with him once i'm done with someone i'm done with them i don't go back now it's the same story with the guy 30 years old who i recently started seeing 
We started off casual, but things started taking a more serious turn in the past couple months. Now he says he needs to pull back because he needs to focus on getting his career on track before he can commit to anyone. He also said he wishes me he he met me later in life because he thinks we're compatible. He does have <laughs> have deep feelings for me, but I feel like we're headed for a breakup. Why does this keep happening to me? Is there anything I should be doing differently so I stop ending up with guys like this? I just don't want to end up in this place again. What do you think? I don't believe in that whole not going back thing. I think that that's just some prideful ass policy. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. The way they wrote that was very like, I don't get, I, the way they wrote that, I didn't get back together with him. Once I'm done with someone, I'm done with them. I don't go back. Like that's very much sounds like a, uh, huh. Yeah, no, like, you're <laughs> like, worth. It's like you're trying to fucking hit the golden shot the first time. Sometimes it takes people getting, going out in the world and experiencing things and coming back and understanding the value and maybe they handle you better. But that's also your own personal work to let go of the resentment that you have for being rejected the first time. That's mm-hmm. on you. That doesn't yeah. change the fact that they're a better person or that they're changed and they came and expressed that. But it don't matter because they don't go back. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you can do to change that. You can't change the way people decide to to be. You just have to show up authentically, which it sounds like you do in every situation. Otherwise, you wouldn't be disappointed. Liars are never frustrated when shit doesn't work out. Only honest people. So explain if that if, if people. It, if you are not being the truest version of yourself within a relationship and the relationship doesn't work, you're not going to mourn it the same as someone who was all in and open and honest and naked. That's a great point. So this podcast by nature, the mere existence of this podcast is proof of those honest and wholesome people. There's no fucking liars emailing you. No, they, they are. This is they would be, hey, man. Be an insane person. To email in with a that would lie. Be a great, that would be a great podcast. Hey, bro, <laughs> I've got four kids on the way. Why don't these hoes love me? <laughs> well, Nick Cannon, let me explain. Um, I don't, I don't know what you can do to change how people choose to see I- you. Someone once told me, and I've kind of like, That's you know, a tough you get, question, bro. it's a tough question, but someone once told me, and it's stuck with me, you know, you know, someone gives you a little pearl and then you just like, now you give it out every time that men, it's all, it's usually men who suffer the one that got away. And this goes back yes. to the first email that we did where it's like men kind of, you know, you know, we'll give up a good thing and women will work on a good thing. Or, you know, we'll give up a, on a good thing too quick for fear that it will ruin them down the road and women will work on something, you know, a thousand times before being like, okay, I've tried and now it's over. You know, so I think that kind of works into this where it's like, yeah, this is happening to you, but it's not only happening to you. I think you have to like let go of like, this is a you issue. Like, this is a kind of a societal thing where like, the idea of like men coming back and being like, I'm lonely now and you were great. But I don't think the people that come back work out a lot because maybe that's just in their nature. They're coming back because they want comfort. So like the idea that they don't go back, I don't think is the worst thing in the world, even though it's like their credo or something. I will say 
you can spend less time with these people if you don't back down from standards. So if you go, hey, I don't feel right, but I'll give them another chance. The second and third chances you're usually giving to someone in the relationship where you don't break up. I'm talking like pre-breakup. Those second and third chances you give to people are usually you going, (laughs) well, it's going to change the next time. And usually it doesn't. And I think when you give the second and third chance, you're basically lowering your standard until they go, oh, it's a slower walk towards more serious. I think being upfront about, hey, I'm serious or I'm not is a big deal for not being too long with someone who's never going to be serious at all. Correct. I think once you put that out there in the atmosphere, now that you can stick to standards versus never going back. But I mean, if you don't want to go back, don't go back. But I mean, also it doesn't mean that they've changed just because they've come back because you also have to clock people's behavior when they come Mm -hmm. back because you cannot return to someone as the same person. No, like, you got, I mean, and, and, and I've been on both sides of this. Yeah. On some like, like I've been, I've begged to run something back and I have run something back. Mm. And I think in both instances, you have to be, you have to have evolved and be able to exhibit some form of, you know, character evolution. Well, that's why when sometimes people go back, they go, it's been a month and I realized the error of my ways. It's like, what? What in self, you know, like in a month, you, you turn into a nah. different person or you just figured out that you're lonely? No, nah, a month ain't long enough. You got to let that bitch marinate for like a year or two. Years. <laughs> Years. <laughs> or, you know, she could just wait for him to get divorced and catch him on the other side of that divorce. He'll really be straight then. He'll be focused. He <laughs> can know what he wants. J Train Podcast at Juma.com. J Train Podcast at Juma.com here with Roy Wood Jr. Roy's job fair. Go, go, go. All right, let's do this one. Mixed signals. You ready? Okay. Match with a guy on Tinder in October 2019. We went out a handful of times and had great connection, but nothing physical evolved, though we both verbalized our attraction to each other. Due to the distance, opposite work schedules in life, we didn't go out again, but kept in touch via text, phone calls. We spoke almost weekly every other week. He was debating on moving further away down to Savannah, Georgia, where he had lived previous to us meeting. I gave him space and put to, uh, and put to pressure. I gave him space and put no pressure on a relationship instead offering full support of whatever decision he made. He made the move April 2021. We're already so he moved closer to her. They were by coastal. He moved closer to her. And since then, he had been asking when I was going to come to visit. I finally made the trip down last month, January 2022. We had a great time. Prior to my trip, he told me he had no motives behind asking me to come down. When I arrived, he was at work, so I set up in the guest bedroom as I didn't want to be presumptuous and assume I'd be sleeping with him. First night out, he paid for dinner. That night back at his house, as we were going to bed, he said, you can sleep where, where you want. Why would he say that when I had already set up and napped in the guest bedroom? The next few days, we were great as he showed me around downtown Savannah watching playoff games per my request. 
going shopping, eating, and even uh, taking me to the beach and showing some of his favorite sunset spots. During these days, there was no affection, not even holding my hand. One of these nights, however, we both drank, and I ended up sleeping in his bed after being somewhat flirty and offering him a back rub. Nothing happened, but my last day, he had surprised me with matching magnets and gifting me with a few other things. The night before I was heading home, he spoke to me about coming back in the spring, sent me links of the beauty of the beauty of his new city when his when flowers bloom and spoke of how cheap flights are. We had a long affectionate hug both the uh, both the night before I left and the morning of. I texted him after arriving to his address. <clears throat> I texted him after arriving uh, after I texted him after arriving him to address whether I had crossed the line by sleeping in his bed. He denied that I had and admitted to being attracted to me and that he enjoys being around me, but didn't make a move to avoid someone getting hurt. He blamed distance as an excuse that was uh, there was nothing more. But since my trip, our communication has been daily, which is an increase from before. Am I overthinking things? I feel like I'm getting mixed signals. I know he's not gay, LOL. We both have been through a lot. I was thinking that. I was thinking he was gay. Keep going. (laughs) And have been open and honest with each other since day one. I'm afraid I'm getting friend zoned or that I give him too much space when in trying to respect things he's dealing with. I need a guy's perspective on this. I would be more than okay with a long-distance relationship with him as I feel our connection is genuine, confused in Ohio. P.S. We've made uh, plans to come back for a visit in early April. What do you think, Roy? Oh, fuck. You hadn't fucked. He hasn't shown any real emotion, but he wants to pretend to be in touch, and he hasn't stated intention, so you just gotta ask him what the fuck the business is. Where's this going? Because clearly you're reserving space in your life for him, so you feel something. So he gotta speak on it or get the fuck on. It's or, been or you add him to a rotation because it sounds like she's got him, you know, QB one when it sounds like you should be doing a QB, you know, platoon system. It sounds like you need to be <laughs> trying yeah, out a couple different quarterbacks. Well, this is like a guy thing, too. He's he is making you his girlfriend. You're speaking daily. That's what you do. You know, who do you speak to daily? Family and Friend, you know, I don't special. speak to friends on a special. daily basis. It's special right. people. So the QB one, QB platoon thing is a great metaphor because it's like you're making him a he's making you a starter. He's making you priority, but you're only getting out of this. You're not getting out of this the the full starter treatment as far as like like you're getting girlfriend. He's taking up boyfriend time with with boyfriend energy with no real like commitment to the boyfriend. But there clearly is things that there's an inequity, and so she's feeling a certain kind of way. So you just got to speak on it. Paint him into a corner. Force him into saying what needs to be said of what he feels. Well, I think that the way you don't. Well, that's the thing. He says it or he doesn't. But I think she needs to. What she's she's saying mixed signals. Well, what about you? Forget about his signals. How do you feel? What do you want? A lot of this is like you're you know when you say someone's giving me mixed signals, a lot of that is like, well, if they like me, I like them. She's not like, and that's really no way to live life. Like, I like you. I like talking to you. That's why I make the time for you. I need to know where you stand. And that's it. And then from that point on, 
you'll know exactly what the hell he feels or what like, he's thinking. It, to me, this is a guy that's feared. Wanted, oh, go ahead. Sorry. What she wanted him to say was, I want you in my bed. Mm-hmm. Versus, you can do what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that doesn't tell me what you want. So there's he hasn't made a declaration. So you just have to ask him for a declaration of intention. To me, when someone does that, they don't want the breakup to be their fault. Like he's yeah. already thinking of the breakup before they've even had the relationship. Well, then why? So then you shouldn't be talking to somebody every day when you could be talking to other people. Why the fuck are you flying to see some motherfucker who makes you feel I? Right? You can go out with a motherfucker around the corner and feel aight. <laughs> I agree. But she's... That's all it is, is aight. You just fucking in dealing, the back rub. Well, she's dealing with all, all right because there's nobody else out there that... Like, she... You know, it, it's like... It's interesting. She like feels that. something, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like Nothing I'm not wrong. fucking attacking that, but just if you start feeling like you're wasting time, then you have to say something to him, and she hasn't said shit. But that's the thing, is... It's it's funny that these are all related. Like that that one woman who said like all these guys leave me. Like she referenced the guy who's like they're in the relationship. He needs to go date around to see what it's like to be single. And it's like it's interesting that a lot of these men are like there's got to be a better ghost out there. And this person who's dealing with a person in Savannah, Georgia is like there's no other ghosts out there. You know, it's like there's either people that think there's a better ghost or that there's no ghosts at all. And this person is and the reality is there's just other ghosts, not better or worse. There's just other people that can kind of that might be a better match for you. But like to deal with this guy in Savannah, Georgia, with a trip in April when he won't even say, hi, I like you. That's why you're coming here. Like you're not getting anything out of that. Yeah, I I think that. She has to just strike up that conversation. And it's one to have before you travel. Let me add that little tip. Yeah. Bit. You can't go. You can't yeah. go for another back rub session. That's insane. Yeah. Come on. At least get your pussy <laughs> played with, man. Respect. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train. He didn't try you at all after drinking? Yeah. I don't know. It, I, it's, it's either he's dealing with his own shit or. He's afraid of a breakup. He's afraid of he wants you to make every move so that he's not the one blamed for making moves. Or he's just scared of where it could go. And the idea of a relationship is intimidating. You know, find out some of his dating history. You know, J Train Podcast. Can be, yeah. Can What's the last shy? Yeah, that's true. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. You got time for two more? Is that okay, Roy? Yeah, 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 yeah. We good. We good. Okay, let's do this one. Not a gold digger. <laughs> That's that doesn't seem trustworthy to me. But let's let's do this. Jared, I've been loving your stand up on Reels and IG. Can't wait to see you next time you're in Chicago. Now for my question. I've been dating my boyfriend for about seven months. We're both in our mid to upper thirties, well into our careers. I know I make a little more than him now, and I've always been very independent. I didn't know if, if I'd ever find a partner, so I wanted to provide myself the life and lifestyle that I've always wanted. He has a non-traditional career where he works as an engineer on boats. I've talked to him a little before about what career path in his field looks like since it's totally foreign to me, but my question for you is, how can I ask him more about uh, more without coming across like I'm after his money and or concerned about him making money? <sighs> 
I feel like asking what his next step for work is when he plans to take the actions needed for that level, next level, etc. can come across wrong. I, however, uh, however, I do not, I do want to know these things as I think about a future with him. We've had some quote unquote issues working through money stuff already, like who pays for groceries, dates, etc. So I already feel like it's an awkward subject. I don't want to feel like I'm being taken advantage of or like I have to take care of a guy. A little old school, I know. Anyways, would love to hear your thoughts. This is perfect. We got this Roy is from the Burn Roy's the Job Fair. What's that? This is easy. Burn the forest. What do you mean? Burn the forest. Ask him. Ask him, what are your hopes and your dreams? At some point before you hit yourself to someone, you got to open up the books, bro. Yeah. You got to open up the books. And if he's not going to open up the books and he's not going to open up dreams and intentions, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get on a fucking bus if you didn't know where it was going. Yeah. You wouldn't you, get you on a You have every plane. right to ask these questions. And if they make yeah. it about money, that's them, you know, kind of like, that's them making it about something else. But that's them not wanting just, to answer. That's just, this is the easy one. Yeah, here's what's important, and here's why it's important. And, also, you know, it's not something that we have to dwell on, but for as long as I know, and I know you have a plan, do some reading up on his career and see where the fuck, you know, which way, where his career could go as well. Well, also, and I'll say this from my own experience, if he doesn't know, then he's not ready to be in a real relationship. Like, I anytime I've been asked about, like, what does the future have? It's like, you know, his his answer could be, well, I want a family and I want to get married. That is someone who knows. That's pretty vague, but at least he's saying those things. If he just goes blanket, I don't know, I haven't even thought about it, then he's not thinking about you in those contexts. Yeah, the, or he just hasn't thought about relationships in that context. But, like, if men of a certain age, you have to know that, you know, I mean, this is base level fucking animal shit. Like, this isn't even fucking propaganda and gender role stuff. This is like primal creature shit. We're yeah. like, there's this fucking bird in the Amazon that has to fucking make a nest and then do a dance around the nest. <laughs> and the, the women birds decide, yeah, either I'm going to fuck them or I'm not. And we're going to yeah. fuck in that nest and have a fucking child. So you have to show what you're capable of providing at some point, even if you're not in the regular gender role. Then burr, 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 burr. <laughs> that's that's how people get fucked over. And that's how you get hitched to some motherfucker with half a million dollars in tax debt and some bullshit. And then the government's garnishing both of y'all shit. And, and it's because you are too precious. And it's like, here's the thing. If they can't talk about what people do is they go, Oh, so you want to hear if I make money or not? It's like, that's not a healthy response. A normal person goes, well, you know, I'm doing this and I plan on being this and this role is something I'd love to achieve. And <laughs> those are people that are being honest. The liars get mad at a question. The honest people go, well, here's what I, you know, what the next step is. Like, it's a normal thing to go, hey, I don't know what engineers on boats do. What's the next step in the process? Also, you guys aren't 22. So dreamland is over. You know, it's, uh, you know, people always say like, it's never too late. Well, it is for a lot of people. You guys also, are on, is that a, on your is that way. a job where this motherfucker is gone 20 days a month? What does that dynamic look like? 
How, and also to talk about past relationships. How has it been in the past relationships? What's been the biggest problem? What's been, you know, where have the, you know, being a boat engineer and your past girlfriends, where has it gone wrong? I want to know so we can be better. These are all negotiations that people either want to have or they don't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's an easy one. You just have to have the conversation if they got a problem with it and they can't accept your nuanced and calmly articulated reasons for why yeah. that's important to you, then you know what it is. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Roy Wood Jr. Let's do one more. I got a screenshot okay. email. I sent it to you before. Last you ready? One. Here we go. I'm Am I being gaslit? It's a very catchy title. Jared, thank you for hosting such a great podcast. I'm uh, Jen, and I recently had a conflict with my guy friend that I met in early September and have since gotten close with. We hang out regularly, talk daily, and ha- oh, I got away from the email. We hang out regularly and talk daily and have been, have been taking weekly bachata classes together since October. What's a bachata? I don't even know what the fuck that is. I don't know. Okay. Bachata, I might be like saying it wrong. karate or cooking. It could be either one. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, a man, hired to inst- a man hired to install new closet doors in my apartment kept asking me out to dinner. I declined. After he left, he sent me a text insisting that I l- let him take me out. I told Matt about how uncomfortable it was. Later that night, someone tried to break into my apartment while I was home. They didn't get in, and I'm okay, but it triggered my anxiety, and I'm still feeling it. Uh, the next day, I told Matt about the attempted break-in via text, and he just did a, you know, exclamation point react on my iMessage. Didn't say or ask anything. A couple days later, when I saw him, he said I seemed to be in a funk. And I said I still felt shaken from the attempted break-in, the closet door guy. Matt didn't really say much beyond, oh, yeah, that's right. Then we didn't uh, really talk further about it beyond how much people uh, suck. (laughs) I felt his reactions both times was insensitive. I later texted him about it, and here's what happened. Okay, so I'll be her. Do you want to? I'll be him. You be hers. um, I'll be the insensitive one. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. I want to, but I'm feeling indecisive about when. When I first told you about someone trying to get into my apartment, the way you responded kind of didn't feel good. I'll await your script for how and when I should respond in different situations, especially given that I'm always in exactly the same mood and vibe that you are when you text me. That's pretty snide and unfair. I'm not interested in telling you what to do or how to respond to anything. I just want you to be yourself, but it's not unreasonable for me to tell you how something makes me feel I guess it's just that I've told a few friends what happened and they responded very differently. It also feels passive aggressive to me. It's hard to interpret someone's mood over text. When you first texted me about the intruder, I didn't even realize it had anything to do with someone in your house. I thought you were saying that a contractor worker work uh, that a contractor working for your company fucked something up and you had to call them out and get the company to fire them. Once you told me what happened, I recall having a real conversation about it and then talking about other things for a while. Now I'm done talking about this. It really makes me feel bad and distracts me when people people call out my behavior. This is because I take such accusations extremely seriously. And I feel if the, and I and if I feel there's no there's no there there, I then feel like someone's trying to just fuck with my emotions. This is um 
this is how I feel. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. I'm not judging or accusing you of anything, though. It's not about texting behavior. It's about me feeling like I didn't. It's about me feeling like it didn't matter to you because there wasn't really a response. Was that before or after you explained to me that it wasn't that it that it very was that it wasn't a contractor to your company who fucked up a project and got fired? I told you that someone tried to enter my apartment after I told you about the contractor that kept harassing me about getting dinner. I'm sorry you felt that way. I need to get ready for work. Oh You're sorry I felt this way? Statements like that sound like an apology, but are the emotional equivalent of counterfeit currency. If you slight someone unintentionally, even unintentionally, it still matters. Let's talk on the phone later. I am not trying to be an asshole. I want to do what I can to help you with the fucked up situation of someone trying to break into your home, but I don't know what to do. I'm not in law enforcement, but I'm happy to talk about it. But... but but the way you started this conversation made me feel really bad and is, is pulling focus away from my job, which I need to be very engaged in right now. There is communication. There's a communication gap here. If the cost of bridging that communication gap is me being distracted all day from my job to think about it and text with you, I will not pay that cost. We can talk over the phone later. I just would rather not talk when I feel emotional and feel like I can't pause to think before I speak. Now she writes a say. Yeah, this is brutal. Aside from the fact that he is not recalling the events correctly, I feel like he treated me with contempt from the start. We talked on the phone later, but it was on it was it, but it was unhelpful. He accused me of re- repeatedly of trying to make him feel bad and said all the fighting was my fault and kept saying like things like none of my other friends ever do this to me and asking me if I start shit with my other friends for no reason too. His reaction to me expressing my feelings felt 10 times worse uh, than what I was initially heard about. Was he gaslighting me or am I being too sensitive? Thank you for your time and consideration. What do you think, Roy? I'm not going to say he's gaslighting because gaslighting suggests some level of intention. I just think he's just a meathead. Mm. Um, You're right about the intention. Like, he's not getting anything out of this except not... The thing he's getting out of this is not having to deal with friendship. Like, if you two are friends, and you said you met in September, and I don't know how you guys met or under what context, but you're seeing the type of friend that this person is. And... You met in September and have gotten close with since. I don't know if they met in a romantic way and now this is a friendship. I don't know how they met, but that's this is this is simple. She's expressed a need. He's attacking her. You and if you feel like you've expressly explained yourself, there's nothing else you can do. No, this is the type of friend he is and. Honestly, sometimes you get to know someone in one way and then real life events happen and you see what they are to you. Like, I think especially with texting and the cell phone where we can communicate with someone right away and it's the same phone that you use to talk to your family and your friend of 30 years, 
that someone can infiltrate that space and you can hold them in higher regard than what they actually are. And this guy, to me, is showing you that he's not a top-tier friend. This isn't someone you can go to in times of need because yeah. the minute he goes, you, 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 you texted me to make me feel bad. Yes, you did. You text him to let you know your, his, your feelings and for him to apologize and say, hey, I, I didn't act like a friend. You, had, you put him face to face with the mirror and he took the mirror and he threw it out of the way. I don't think that there's a way for her to better articulate. Um, I do feel like the conversation in person so that you have body language involved. I don't think you need, it was just clearly someone you can't have heavy conversations with over text. No. I do respect though. I 1000% respect the no drama before work policy though. <laughs> I, there's a time. There is a time. I got into a shouting match one time. Does remember? Did you ever play Penguins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa? There was a big flood in like '08, and it killed the room. But before '08, that was like a major, like Midwest Bob and Tom artery room. And like most arguments, I don't remember what it was about, mm. but I do remember literally yelling into the phone as I'm walking to the stage. Like the audience is applauding. And I'm like, and I'll fucking call you back. And I hung up and then walked on stage and proceeded to eat shit for I was still featuring in these days. Yeah. I proceed and the audience thought it was a bit. And not in hindsight, that is a funny bit. It is but it wasn't <laughs> a fucking bit. You can't you can't, you know, so whenever you breach the topic, she says something very telling in that email about, you know, not wanting to talk about things until she has time to breathe and think things through. I mean, write shit down, man. Write shit down. Because sometimes in the heat of thinking things, you lose the points you're trying to make. Yeah. So... I I don't know. I, I I understand. Like to me, when you bring up work as like this is not the time or place. I do agree. Like, listen, you're gonna get a better listener certain parts of the day than you're gonna get in other parts of the day. Or when you, and if you have Correct. a real problem with a friend, hey, we need to have a talk and sit down. They may not even sit. Like to me, it seems like this guy wouldn't even sit down for that conversation. Like the way he reacted. I, I think I think that they're not no, really he friends. He'll be standing up. He would be standing around and huffing and puffing. Yeah. Yeah. But if someone can't recognize your need to hey, this made me feel a certain way. Well, why are you doing this? You're just trying to make me feel but that's because you can't deal with being the fuck up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they that's don't know the how to they don't know how to deal with being wrong. So if you don't know how to deal with being wrong, you can't reason with nobody like that. Motherfuckers got to go do their own work, bro. Yeah. So you can po- sitting there trying to reason with him. J-Train Podcast at gmail.com. J-Train Podcast at gmail.com. Roy Wood Jr., thank you so much. This was so great. Bro, thank you for having me, man. And um, enjoy that leather refrigerator. <laughs> I will. Everyone go follow Roy that, at like Roy Wood Jr. $9 Coca-Cola in there. Uh, Dude, I, I've been staring at this food and being like, I, I already drank the $5 water like a piece of shit. Uh, go follow Roy Wood at Roy Wood Jr. At, on Instagram. Roy's Job Fair, that's the podcast. And the special, I am, uh, you got to watch the special. It's so great. 
the, we referenced the Leonardo DiCaprio bit. It's so fucking funny and good. Imperfect Messenger. It's on Paramount Plus right now. You can watch it. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. Keep sending them in. JTrainPodcast.com. We'll be back next week. Boom.